as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six-fold Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I'm Andy Wilson, also Big Shiny Robot and, you know, we got three movies for you today. Uh, unfortunately, they decided to screen all three of them at the same time, so I missed two of them. <laughs> but Andy's <laughs> here to help fill in the gaps. Uh, we've got Bad Santa 2, The Rules Don't Apply, and Disney's Moana. So, Andy, why don't you start us off with, well, we go worst to first. So worst Andy, to first. Which, so which let, let's start with Bad Santa 2. Uh, Adam, did did you see the, the original Bad Santa? Did you like the original Bad oh, Santa? Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny as hell. It's dirty, yeah, but it's funny. Exactly. And the great thing about it is it was a great subversive comedy centered around an alcoholic safe-cracking Santa Claus who was just an awful person. Yeah. And it's an it really anti-Christmas turned... movie, so yeah. <laughs> it is. Exactly. For, for all of our inner Grinches. Now, Bad Santa 2, unfortunately, forgets that it's supposed to be a satire of a Christmas movie. And instead loads it up with a bunch of schlocky Hallmark moments and really? makes it yeah, makes it all about our our Santa Willie's uh relationship with his mother, who is played by Kathy Bates. It's a little bit cloying. They they just didn't nail the spirit of the original. And, and so it comes off as a really pale imitation. Now, on the good side, what they did do right, they brought back all your original cast, except for the dearly departed ones who obviously couldn't be there. And let me just say, there is a giant John Ritter-sized hole in this movie. Aww. That guy can't be replaced. And his, his beautiful innocence in that original movie... That is totally missing. But what you do get back, you do get back your your Billy Bob Thornton and uh, your Tony Scott as uh, the uh, the little person elf who who is uh, Willie's sidekick Marcus. Uh, you you do get back Thurman Merman, <laughs> and I love that they actually got the the actual kid, and and he is still the reason to go see this because he doesn't get how awful Willie is as a person and their interactions are still golden because Willie doesn't get why this kid is so obsessed with him and here they are, you know, 15 years later. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a lateral move. They they move from the, the romantic interest from being Lauren Graham, who I absolutely adore and love, uh, to Christina Hendricks. I mean, Christina Hendricks is Christina Hendricks. She's great, <laughs> right? Um, but you—it's not quite as subversive as uh, the the good Jewish girl with the Santa fetish. Uh, you know, it's it's not anywhere near as fun. Instead, she is the head of a charity that Willie is trying to rob, and she's gonna try and fix him. She's gonna take him to like AA meetings. Yeah, it just, it doesn't work quite as well. And again, you know, they play up the the hallmark, schlocky sort of moments in here, and it, it just doesn't work as well. Bad Santa had a great, kind of depressing, dark ending. Yeah. This movie went for the kind of happy ending. And but that's I'm not sorry, what we but... want out of this, uh, like you mentioned originally, this is, you know, Bad Santa was 
the kind of satire of Christmas movies. So the point yeah. of these movies are not to be, you know, all schmaltzy and like, oh, it's supposed to be like, no, these are horrible people, and you feel yeah. better by watching them because you're not a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and that is missing, and it's just too bad. My recommendation is just go watch the original. But if you really need more of this, this is a five out of ten. It's it's not terrible. I laughed a lot, um, but nowhere near as much as the original, and it's just not as good of a movie. And there are far better things out there. That's kind of depressing because I was this is this was one of the ones that from the trailers at least. I mean, it looked funny as hell. I mean, when yeah. he hits his mom and she's like, "You hit like your father," I'm like, "Oh god." <laughs> yeah. There, and there's still plenty of that offensive brand of humor in here, and they bring a lot of that very well. It just feels a little bit been there, done that. And, uh, I mean, Bad Santa 2 is to Bad Santa what The Hangover 2 is to The Hangover. Yeah. You took an original idea, and you just did it again without changing a whole lot. And it just doesn't land quite as well the second time. Hmm. That's, that's, kind of, that's kind of depressing, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, at least everybody picked up a paycheck, and people who really want more... <laughs> people who really want more Bad Santa got it. So there you go. Cool. Well, um, tell us about Rules Don't Apply, because, again, that was one I also missed. Oh, Rules Don't Apply. Well, Howard Hughes, uh, our lovely kooky billionaire in the 1950s and 60s well known for his eccentricities if you saw the aviator you know everything that that was going on there or if you know anything about howard hughes as a person Mm -hmm. you know about like urine hoarding and locking himself in rooms for months on end and not coming out well this is a, a story of the if that's Howard Hughes at a 10 crazy. This is Howard Hughes at like a 6 or a 7 crazy, where he's still like eccentric, but it's more adorable and endearing. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is him kind of at the, at the height of his power uh, in the 50s. And people are still pulling, putting up with a lot of his shenanigans. One of the things that he's doing is he owns a big stake in RKO Pictures, and he has dozens of actresses who are under contract for him and one of these is Marla Mabry who is this lovely smart young Baptist girl who comes into town with dreams of Hollywood fame and she's picked up at the airport by Frank Forbes who is played by Alden Ehrenreich who we loved in Hail Caesar and will be our new Han Solo and will be our new Han Solo. Uh, and, and he's the main reason to to be seeing this here. Uh, well, along with Warren Beatty playing Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. So he picks her up from the airport. And sparks kind of fly in a sort of G-rated fashion. Unfortunately, uh, if you know Howard Hughes, you know that he is relentless about spying on his employees. And there is a hard and fast rule. No fraternization between drivers and actresses. You will be fired, and uh, there will be all sorts of consequences. Now, Frank has dreams. He doesn't just want to be a driver for Howard Hughes. He wants to go into business with him. Of course, one of the reasons why Hughes has all of these actresses on 
contract is so he himself can fraternize with them. Exactly. And and so a sort of love triangle uh, happens between the three of them. So one of the things that, that Frank tells Marla is, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, the rules are for a Hollywood actress, you're supposed to be dumb, you're supposed to be blonde, you're supposed to be big-breasted, etc., but you're different. The rules don't apply to you. And that's a line that Marla then ends up using on Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. that the rules don't apply to him. And that, that's that's your through line, and that's where the title comes from. Uh, she also writes a song about it, which uh, will probably be nominated for Best Original Song and won't win because we will talk about one of the things that's actually a contender when we talk about Moana. Exactly, um, yeah. But it is a nice song, and you'll you'll end up leaving the leaving the theater humming it and saying, "Oh well, that was nice and cute." That that is essentially what this movie is. Uh, it, it is nice. It is cute. It is mostly safe, uh, although it it occasionally delves into PG thirteen uh, sexual situations and and things like that. Um, but you know, this is a movie you could go take your mom to, and and everyone will have a good time. Uh, Warren Beatty is great. Uh, he he kind of nails the the frenetic, crazy Howard Hughes without going quite overboard. The real problem with this is though that Beatty helped write and direct this, mm-hmm. and so it's a little overstuffed. This movie clocks in at over two hours, Ew. and it it feels like it. It's two hours and nine minutes long. It should have been about thirty forty minutes less than that. And I think by honing this to a tighter storyline, they could have they could have done a much better job at this. This is a good movie. It's not a great movie. Six out of ten. You know, that, that seems to be... I don't know if it's more of a problem just in the last two years, but it seems more and more that there are so many movies out there that are just X number of minutes too long. Like, they could have just cut out, you know... 15, 20 minutes there, and I, I can't tell if it's just the fact that we're watching more movies and we're we're becoming, you know, more adept at you know at, at telling about that, or if it's just that Hollywood it thinks that oh we need to spend more time telling these stories because for whatever reason I don't know. Well, I think if this is a passion project and Warren Beatty hasn't made a movie in almost twenty years, and so you don't say no to Warren Beatty, and that's why. You have this amazing ensemble cast that includes Martin Sheen and Annette Bening and Matthew Broderick and just tons of people show up in this movie and they're all great. And even though they're only on screen for a couple of moments, they're amazing. And so I, I but I think when things get that precious, it is hard to cut the fat from these uh you know you you hear that phrase you're supposed to be able to kill your darlings this was obviously someone who was unwilling to kill any of his darlings because there were too many precious moments in this that Mm -hmm. just had to be stuffed in there and so the movie ran too long and and that's just what it is so what could have been a really great movie ends up being just a a fair to good movie speaking of a great movie though that is all killer no filler let's talk about moana oh Oh, my god this was amazing right 
Yeah, Mo- Moana. Well, let, let's just uh, briefly sum it up here. So this is uh, directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who uh, we know from The Little Mermaid and uh, Aladdin. So classic Disney movies, classic animated movies, some of the best out there. Uh, and this tells the story of uh, Moana, who is a young, I guess we could say, uh, Hawaiian princess. Because they make a joke about the fact that because she is the daughter of a chief and has a animal sidekick that she's definitely a princess. <laughs> definitely a princess. <clears throat> yeah, so she lives on her island. Uh, and she's voiced uh, by, I'm going to probably destroy the name, but Aului uh, Carvalho, who uh, is only just turned 16 a couple days ago. So this is a very newcomer um, and does a fantastic job in the role. But again, she's the daughter of the chief on this island and she's next in line to become chief. But she has always heard the siren call of the ocean and wants to escape and see what's out there but is forbidden by her father who also forbids all the islanders from journeying beyond the reef because of some tragedy that happened in the past well uh the land is soon uh hit with a blight uh the coconuts are rotting on the trees the fish are going away and so moana heads out because of a legend told by her grandma that the demigod maui who is voiced by dwayne johnson who is, it's not fair because not only is he the sexiest man alive, um, he can sing, and that's just not right. Uh, that, that shouldn't be allowed. Uh, he's... <laughs> he can sing. Oh, my God. That song. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so he, he stole the heart of an island, which is the heart of a god, and that uh, awakened a lava monster that is now, over the last millennia, spreading this blight across the world. And so uh, she must go find Maui, take him on her boat back to the island so that he can restore the heart to the, the island and destroy the lava monster. Uh, and it's it's kind of a basic story. Uh, that being said, though, it's there's, there's a lot of intricacies and fun things about it. Um, and before I hand it to you, Andy, I've got one thing to say. So when we saw Kubo and the Two Strings back in August, yeah, I was like immediately, boom, this is the best animated movie of the year. Nothing can touch it. I have a problem now because Moana came out and now I've, I've seen that and I've been looping the soundtrack uh, which, with lyrics that were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda of, of Hamilton and In the Heights oh. fame. And now I'm torn because I have to nominate one of these movies and vote on them for best animated picture of the year and I don't know which one to choose. Ah. I have the same problem. <laughs> I, I just can't believe this. I, we, we have an embarrassment of riches because not only we have that, but uh, Disney also gave us Zootopia earlier this year. Yeah, and it's it, and we got Finding Dory, and it's hilarious to me that we have four excellent animated films, including one from Pixar, and the Pixar one is by far, hands down, the least good of the four. Which is yeah, <laughs> Which exactly. Is when you're saying when you're saying Pixar is the worst of the bunch, and we're not saying that it's the worst movie. It's just like these are all such amazing films that the fact that that's coming in lowest and Finding Dory was a fantastic movie. Uh, yep. But yeah, I just I'm stuck because I I can't tell you right now at this moment. Which was the better film? Because Moana really surprised me. I mean, I, it looked kind of funny in the in the trailers. Uh, the soundtrack was we knew it was being amazing, but I don't yeah. think I was expecting um, everything I got from it. I mean, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's funny as hell. Uh, Dwayne Johnson as, as Maui, 
he, he is just such a cocky prick. <laughs> but you love him. <laughs> I mean, he, he tries killing Moana like 20 times. Uh, but the ocean, which actually is a character in this uh, because the ocean can speak to Moana, um, it, it kind of, again, this just goes back to these inanimate objects that are great characters. Like we saw with uh, the cloak in Doctor Strange. The ocean is very much alive and part of the story, and it keeps on rescuing her and has a, a personality, and it's just, it, it's funny. I mean, and, and least we forget, we've got the stupidest character ever in a Disney animated film, uh, the rooster Hey Hey, hey, hey. Who, who is clucked lovingly by Alan Tudyk, <laughs> is the dumbest creature in the world, but it's so, it's it's funny. Um yeah, I, this is definitely the the one of the feel good movies of the year. Like you can't you can't leave this movie without having a huge smile on your face. Uh, it's so fun. It's again, it's gorgeous. It's the the music's incredible. Uh, well voiced, well acted. I'm excited to see what the actress who plays Moana can do going forward. Uh, I just I can't say enough good things about this movie. It's absolutely amazing, and I will just heap on one more thing onto this is that you know part of the story is uh, in order to go and face off against the lava monster Maui has a problem he's lost his magic fish hook which allows him to to transform uh, to transform into other animals and so they have to go into the realm of monsters and steal it back from a giant crab who is voiced by Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords and the song he does called Shiny is I mean, it, if you've seen the Flight of the Concords episode where Jermaine keeps showing up as David Bowie and he's like, Aliens "No, I'm, no, I'm not. Da- I'm not Jermaine. I'm David Bowie from the 1972 <laughs> Ashes to Ashes." <laughs> it's like it's so good, and they went full David Bowie on this song, and it is just beautiful. I mean, it sounds like a Bowie song. He's obviously channeling Bowie as as he's doing it, and I mean I love David Bowie. We've we've talked about this previously, and when and when Bowie passed earlier this year, um, man, that just kind of set the tone for the downer year we were going to have. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you know th- that was absolutely amazing, and the animation in that scene it looks like someone took one of those fluorescent black light posters mm-hmm. and animated it under the water. It's it's creepy, it's awesome looking, it's psychedelic. It's just absolutely beautiful and it, just everything about this movie is absolutely amazing. You mentioned these are the the same folks who brought us The Little Mermaid and Aladdin. This really feels like Disney is in another renaissance period. The same way that they were with Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, The Lion King. Um, I think that the most recent Disney films that we've had are just the, the best that the studio has ever produced in many ways. And Moana is immediately one of my favorite Disney princesses. And not only that, she's a 21st century fully realized Disney princess. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say about this, uh, I I love that Maui is a strong male character. 
mm-hmm. we, we talk about <laughs> we talk about strong female characters as though they're the side characters. Uh, I, it feels like this is truly Moana's story, and Maui is the sidekick. And if if we lived through uh, hundreds of years of matriarchy and and female domination, we'd be saying, "Wow, what a great actualized role for a male character." Uh, to be in a secondary role uh, because that's really how this feels this feels like Moana and her story are front and center and and he is this perfect addition on the side and I just love it um, I don't have quite the same problem as you do because I love Kubo just the tiniest little bit more than this but I'm in a 9.5 out of 10 Whereas Kubo, I'm like solid ten, and, and see, I'm exactly at a nine and a half uh, out of ten on this one too. But see, I'm I was the same score with Kubo. <laughs> uh, uh, I think uh, I, I need to go see I need to see Moana again because I've seen Kubo a few times now, and yep, uh, I almost I want to recognize Kubo for the, the stop motion animation and the amount of craft that went into that. But at the same time, you CGI can be just as incredible and just as, as intricate and. I was just thinking back, you know, we, we forgot to talk about uh, Maui's tattoos, which are a yeah. huge part of the story. I mean, he's got this little, like, this little dude on his chest who, like, his conscience and talks to him and gives him advice and, and you know, tells a story. Uh, so it's uh, it's so hard because they're, they're both amazing films, and like you mentioned before, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches that we have such a great pool of stuff to look at and, and, argue, and argue over which one was best. I mean, normally... Best animated film is always just oh it's this one boom we know every single year it's always yeah. this movie that movie um, to have so many so many amazing contenders this year is is absolutely fantastic and um, I, I really hope that uh, Lin Manuel Miranda will you know he's in line to win a Pigot uh, he would be the third person ever to get the uh, a Pulitzer an Emmy a Grammy an Oscar and a Tony because uh, his song uh, his song this will definitely be nominated uh, you you've easily got your best song of the year. Uh, with the exception of maybe City of Stars from La La Land, but oh, it's so good. And we'll we'll talk about that in yes. next week. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But just go see this; it's so much fun. I, I've yet to meet someone who didn't like it. It's family friendly. Your kids will have a lot of fun. Parents will have fun because it's not dumbing things down. It's funny. It's touching. You might cry a bit. Uh, and you will definitely leave singing these songs for the next week or two because it's. I've been looping the soundtrack for well since the 18th when it came out. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And you know, you talk about the craft of this. You digital animation or or cell animation. What are the hardest things that you have to animate? Hair, skin, water. Yep. So what do we have? We've got Hair, skin, a shirtless guy. A shirtless guy with uh, tons of hair uh, and and tattoos all over him, and an ocean that is alive in a character itself. Yeah, it's just amazing what what they're able to do here, and they have definitely taken the the art of animation to the next level. The same way that Lin Manuel Miranda really has taken the soundtrack to the next level. I mean, there hasn't been a soundtrack this good since since the 90s uh, and it feels like as much of 
a huge difference in in terms of the craft of the soundtrack uh, by you know bringing on Elton John to do the Lion King. Although I I've always been kind of iffy on the Lion King, but but I respect its place in the pantheon of of Disney movies. Um, but this moved everything so much further forward. I like Frozen a lot, um, but there's a difference between the guys behind. Avenue Q and the Book of Mormon and Lin-Manuel Miranda. And that's what we're getting here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and don't get me wrong, Bobby Lopez is amazing. I've, I've loved all the stuff he's done. Oh, yeah. Um, but you'd... And again, Frozen is more of a musical than this is. This has songs that are sung by the characters, but there's not, like, a through line that, like, Frozen had. So if, if you... That's true. ...are thinking, oh, well, this, you know, this is a musical. It, it kind of is. It's like, it's musical light. Uh, it's... It definitely has the songs that are sung by the characters, but really, most stuff's kind of in the background. There's only four really standout songs. Um, definitely "Shiny" by Jermaine Clement. I mean, uh, our friend Jimmy Martin interviewed Lin Manuel Miranda, and you know, he, uh, he specifically said, like, "Yeah, this was this was written to be like a Bowie song, like you said." Uh, it's, yeah. And because I knew Jermaine could do it, I'm a huge fan of Flight of the Concords. Uh, and that's one of the standout songs, but I think the uh, How Far I'll Go will be the one that will win him the most likely the, the Oscar. That will be going for, for best song of the year. Probably. Um, Although I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if You're Welcome or Shiny also got nomination. I mean, it would be crazy, but if, if I could fill out an Oscar ballot, <laughs> then, then I, I think the top five... Uh, songs from from a movie. I'd go, drive it like you stole it from Sing Street. Which, mm-hmm. if you still haven't seen Sing Street, go see Sing Street. People, it's, it's on, on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on DVD. You don't have an excuse anymore. Uh, and then those three from Moana, and I'm I'm holding a special place for La La Land because, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, it's, but, it's got. Uh, I mean, and I'm sorry you haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's. It's got some really, really good songs, so we'll be uh, not it's not sung the best. I mean, the we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Well, let's let's not yeah. jump to the next week. Uh, so, anyways, Moana is the go-to movie. Go see it. Uh, nothing is really is coming out this week, so go see it again. Uh, and speaking of which, the movies we're both seeing, um, we can't really talk about yet because uh, they're not coming out until closer to Christmas. But uh, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to do a uh, kind of our Oscar buzz episode where we're going to discuss um, La La Land, some other movies that are coming out that we think um, are going to be the big hits, at least crit- uh, critically, uh, and uh, award style for the upcoming season. So have a good week, and until then, hail Satan, and have a lovely afternoon. Punk ass tripping, but it's all right. Hold me scored a key, he's gonna fly, punk ass fly. Brett, Jermaine, what are you doing? It's not Jermaine, it's 1972 David Bowie from the Ziggy Stardust tour. Wow, you look a lot like Jermaine. No, I'm David Bowie. Hmm. What are you doing in my room? This is a dream, Brett. It's all part of your freaky dream. Oh, right. Am I freaking you out, Brett? Is this a freaky dream? I've had some pretty freaky dreams. Have you? Yeah, I had one where I was a guinea pig, but with my face. And I had another one where I was a um, 
as a giraffe, but then when you yeah, look... Okay, listen, Brad, I don't have much time, man. I'm just here to tell you, don't worry about your body image. People used to give me crap about being thin all the time, but I just broke through their false barriers. What about the novelty music paparazzi? Oh, the media monkeys and the junket junkies will invite you to the plastic pantomime. Throw their invites away. Not really sure what you're talking about. I want to give you one more piece of advice. Get an eye patch, man. I'm sorry? Get an eye patch. Oh, yeah, I've got an eye patch. Do you? Yeah. Wear it. Okay. Wear the eye patch, Brett. Wear the funky, funky eye patch. Bye, Brett. Bye bye, David Bowie. Heed my advice. Where's the, the eye table? Patch, Brett. 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 Hey, it's 1980 David Bowie. From the music video Ashes to Ashes. Hey, David Bowie. Did you try out the eye patch? Yeah. Not so good. Didn't work. I lost my depth perception. Oh, no. Did you? Yeah, I, I missed my chair. Oh, God. Sat down and fell on the floor. That's terrible. And then I walked into a door. Actually, come to think of it, the same thing happened to me when I wore an eye patch. It's, oh, I was always... Bowie's bumped into a door. Hey, David Bowie. Yes, Brett? Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? Of course, Brett. That's what I'm here for. Mm. If a friend of yours puts a wig on you when he's lonely, pretends you're a woman, is that gay? Is pretending you're a woman? No, that's not gay. You sure? Totally fine. Okay. Well, that's all. Do you have any other advice for me? Yes. It doesn't hurt to do something absolutely outrageous. Like what? Well, you'll know what to do, Brett. And you'll know exactly when the time is right. Brett. 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 It's 1986, David Bowie from the movie Labyrinth. Yeah, I know. So, you showed your penis to the man from the greeting card company. That was your idea. I didn't mean something like that. I only meant something like, I don't know, wear makeup or... Yeah, I was wearing makeup. I had lightning bolts on my wanger. I meant on your face, Brett. On your face. So have you got any more advice? No, I don't have any more advice. I've given you all my good advice. I actually, I've totally lost confidence in my ability to help people. I'm useless. Jermaine actually thinks that maybe you're a figment of my imagination. I might as well be, Brett. I might as well be. Yeah. Anyway, Brett, I have to go. Where are you going? I'm going to a party. I'm already 20 minutes late. Sounds cool. Where's the party? In space, Brett. In space. Space? Yeah. It is quite freaky, isn't it, Brett? Yeah, no. Goodbye, Brett. See you, boy. Bye.
What you doing out that mound? That's pretty freaky, Bowie. Isn't it cold out in space, Bowie? Do you want to borrow my jumper, Bowie? Does the space cold make your nipples go pointy, Bowie? Do you use your pointy nipples as telescopic antennae to transmit data back to Earth? But you do, you freaky old bastard, you. Hey, Bowie, do you have one really funky sequence spacesuit? Or do you have several ch-changers? Do you smoke grass out in space, Bowie? Or do they smoke astroturf? Receiving transmission from David Bowie's nipple antenna. Do you read me, Lieutenant Bowie? This is Bowie to Bowie. Do you hear me out there, man? This is Bowie back to Bowie. I'll read you loud and clear, man. Who yeah, man? Your signals weak on my radar screen. How far out are you, man? I'm pretty far out. That's pretty far out, man. Oh, oh, oh. I'm orbiting Pluto. Oh, 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 oh. Drawn in by its gravitational, gravitational pull. I'm jamming out with the McJagganauts. So, and they think it's pretty cool now. Okay, Bowie, what was that sound? I don't know, man, I'll have to turn my ship around. Ooh, it's the craziest thing. Yeah, I'm breaking it out on my LSD screen. Can you see the stratosphere ringing? Two. Bowie's in space.